Hi, this is an author's note for Chapter 1, Part 1 of Born a Refugee. I hope as you've been listening to this chapter that you pay attention to the headlines because the headlines are real headlines taken from news media during the period that the story was taking place. The headlines show sometimes better than the story itself, the level of violence and unrest that was going on at the time. I was living in Ramallah at the time that this story takes place. Of course, not at the time I was writing it. I have three boys younger than the ones in the stories. My oldest was just beginning high school. He was particularly patriotic. He was particularly proud of his ability to throw stones, and he was fast. He had said to me more than once that he had a friend whose parents would not let him out of the house if there was unrest of any sort. And my son said, what makes him better than anyone else? If a cause is worth risking one man's life. Why is it not worth risking another man's life? What makes one person better than another? I had no answer for that. I just wanted to say, because you're mine, and I love you more than I love the other boys, but their mothers would say the exact same thing. Um, we lived in troubled times. And the schoolboys and girls really led the way. And when you think about it, they were the only people free to do that. The men of the family worked very hard. The economy was not that good. People worked hard for their money. They could not afford to be arrested. They could not afford to lose their jobs because they had families depending on them. The mothers often had small children as well as older ones, they had incredible times, just there were no pre-prepared foods, 
They, they had to do laundry. They had to prepare food every night. They had to clean house. They had to do all the things that mothers everywhere do taking care of their children, but under very difficult circumstances. Sometimes there were curfews. Sometimes uh, you couldn't go to the store. You had to have enough food around to take you through the next curfew. You never knew in the morning what was going to happen the rest of the day. Sent your children off to school. I went off to work. I was teaching at Beersay University at the time, as was my husband. And um, you just assumed that everything would be fine, that we'd get through the day. Sometimes I came home and university teaching is not a nine to five or eight to three or doesn't have the same hours that school teachers have to do. I would be home and I would hear the distance. In the distance, I would hear shooting, rapid fire shooting. And I knew my son wasn't home. The younger ones were, but the older one was not. I paced. I kept busy. I tried to think of other things until he got home. Then we had a regular family life. He didn't talk about it much, except one day he came home with a brown shirt that didn't belong to him. I'd never seen it before, and it was a couple of sizes too big. I asked him where he got it, and he told me. He said the soldiers were looking for the boys. So I ran down an alley. I knocked on a door. When I heard somebody coming, I knocked on the door, and the woman let me in. And I waited in her house. For... She gave me a cup of tea, and she found me a brown shirt and told me, if I'm going to throw rocks, I shouldn't wear a red sweater. I told her I'd bring the shirt back. Of course, I washed and ironed the shirt, folded it nicely, put it in a bag, told him to take it back and give her my thanks as well. These things happen. They happen every day. Sometimes schools would get closed. Often schools would close early. A bomb was found in the marketplace. In the vegetable markets. So all the schools closed. They sent everybody home. Sometimes they didn't close the schools. Sometimes the soldiers came in. Luckily, our family got through it with no casualties. As I said, I hope you are listening and continue to listen to the headlines. 
I spent a great deal of time researching alternative media because very few of these headlines made the daily news, the TV, the big broadcast networks. The news comes out one place or another. A lot was going on. It becomes a way of life. You get acclimated to it, strangely enough. Oddly, when I was beginning to record this book, I was speaking to my oldest son about this particular incident. He said, I don't remember that. Really? <laughs> it was funny. Because he remembered things I didn't remember about other situations when he was even younger. But this particular incident impressed me and didn't wasn't even worthy of him putting it in his permanent memory banks. There will be more incidents that I've drawn from real life that I have used from real life. And part of this, it's what a writer does. You mine your life and you mine other people's lives to find the nuggets of character and events that make it interesting. I hope you found this interesting. Thank you for listening.